Welcome to Harlow on Healthcare. I'm David Harlow, and I invite you to join me by my virtual hearth as I sit down with healthcare leaders to discuss building the future of healthcare. Today, my guest is Luca Yankopoulos. Luca is the CEO of Grapevine, and Luca will introduce us to Grapevine in just a moment. Welcome, Luca, and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, David. I'm very excited to be here. So you at Grapevine talk about smart procurement and improving efficiency. And before we dive into all of that good stuff, I wonder if you could take a step back, let us know a little bit about Grapevine, how that came to be, your path before arriving at this point. Yeah, for sure. I guess where we are today, and then I'll I'll trace you back through our, our our origin story. Where we are today, Grapevine helps healthcare businesses save up to 80% on the supplies they already order by shopping smarter sources. And the way we do that is we let each buyer effortlessly link their various suppliers to a single screen where they can shop, compare, restock, By breaking down the walls between their supplier storefronts, we simplify checkout and create transparency to help you get the best price through your custom shopping center. And where this all really got started, it was now crazy enough, almost four years ago, when the pandemic broke out and I was just a college student at the University of Pennsylvania. I was studying bioengineering and environmental science, and I wanted to take on some of the world's biggest problems that I understood to be, you know, energy crisis, renewables, pollution, climate change. And obviously something like a pandemic changes your perception of the threats that exist to you and your loved ones. So that really got me thinking in a different direction as I was quarantined in my dorm room with my roommates, not really knowing when classes would start or what the outcome the fate for anyone I knew would be. And that's when we decided to get to work in healthcare supply chain. Great. So born of the pandemic, so to speak. And I'm wondering if you have a perspective on how things have changed since then. Supply chain was top of mind for all of us. We all became epidemiologists in the course of the pandemic, and we also became supply chain experts. And I guess you took that to the next level and started a business on that front. What did we learn about supply chain in the course of the pandemic? And what, if any of those lessons still hold true today? Sure. I'm a believer that adversity drives innovation and that problems call new solutions to birth. We got involved really just to try to protect people that we knew on the front line, medical providers, my mom, a nurse, my dad's a scientist, and we saw the struggles they were facing. We saw scientific laboratories shutting down because they couldn't access PPE, nurses and doctors being put in dangerous situations um, because of supply chain failures. And We didn't really know if we could help, but we also didn't know what else we could do. So me, my buddies, we got down to it, started looking at uh, some of the information that the United States government publishes under the Freedom of Information Act. And yeah, started seeing the inflow of supplies to small specialty importers, the ones that no one had heard of, the ones that aren't McKesson or Medline or Henry Schein, but the ones that were actually still getting supplies into the United States throughout this major disruption event. 
And we started connecting the dots of those people to the frontline workers that we knew. We didn't have a business. We were just managing data to try to connect people to sources of supplies that could help them. And doing that for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, we ended up getting a call from one of these major distributors asking how we were able to identify these sources of supplies and if we were interested in selling supplies to them. That distributor was McKesson. Next thing you know, me and my friends, we decided to like launch a business out of this and become a supply chain player and start selling supplies pretty much exclusively to McKesson for a good number of months, finding things very quickly in a fashion that they weren't really built to do and getting in the hands of the biggest healthcare distributor in the country so they could redirect them to the thousands, millions of people that were in desperate need. Things changed a lot, like you said, since then, David, and, and the problems of quickly adapting to ever-changing demand and laws right, about what or recommendations from the government on what we should be using to protect ourselves best. As those things all change, so does the game of delivering value to the people that need it. So do the problems that need solving. And so did we, right? So we went from having information, rapid sourcing, and selling a lot of these supplies directly to a distributor to a slightly different game, a game that was more about information from a higher level and providing a platform that could help the end users directly. The end users compare prices from McKesson to Medline to Shine, connect with new smaller suppliers that actually supply McKesson, Henry Shine, Medline, cut out the middleman and his markup where there's an opportunity, and also leverage the best, the economies of scale, GPOs, and whatnot to drive down prices on the products they really need and that they don't want to compromise or, or switch off from. So, Luki, you mentioned a bunch of you know familiar so to speak, household names in the industry, and you mentioned GPOs, and I'm wondering, where do you see your business sitting in that sort of pre-existing environment? Because they were all there before you got into this. And the question is, I recognize that you're saying you're bringing some measure of efficiency or greater transparency that yields efficiency to the table, but where do you fit in from the perspective of an end user, a buyer, whether it's a physician practice or a hospital or an academic medical center or something else? And, and, and where do you fit in? How do you integrate here? And how do you play well with others in this environment? Yeah, absolutely. Our goal is not to really replace, at least for the next decade, any of the players that you mentioned. I think that there is a productive place for the manufacturers or importers, the brand owners. There's a place for the distributors, right? I'll, I'll explain actually what each of their value is. And the GPOs, I think there's a place for all of those. I think the manufacturers or brand owners are really effective at getting things, getting technical devices onto U.S. soil at a low cost, right? I think the distributors are effective at taking things by the truckload from the warehouses of those manufacturers or importers, bringing them into a warehouse, breaking down to actual consumer-sized loads and shipping out small parcels to the end user. I think that's the place for them over this next decade. I think that GPOs leverage economies of scale to help the consumers or the healthcare businesses access lower prices, especially when they're a smaller institution that can't really negotiate uh, with manufacturers or distributors themselves. So those values, I, I truly believe, are, are there and are there to stay for the foreseeable future. Where we come in and where we're a differentiated player is, like you said, David, we create transparency across that 
vast group, that vast landscape that a lot of smaller and medium-sized businesses don't have proficiency or manpower to delve into and find massive savings, right? So a lot of businesses end up satisfied with purchasing all their supplies from McKesson. They maybe apply GPOs if they're lucky, and that's the end of the, the scope of their supply chain work. They go on once a week and they order supplies. With Grapevine, we make it really easy to juggle and balance a lot of those suppliers. So you can log in a Grapevine, you click link supplier, one button, and you sign in with your McKesson credentials. You sign in with your Medline credentials, your Staples credentials, and so on. And if you don't have those accounts, you can immediately sign up for a GPO activated pricing with Staples. And most healthcare businesses and procurement professionals probably aren't working with Staples. But frankly, Staples has got prices on, for example, printing paper and ink that you can imagine are one-tenth the price of even the best GPO pricing that you'll see from like a McKesson or a Henry Schein. So we help you sync all of the possibilities, all of the opportunities of where you could buy your supplies into a single screen. And when you go back to your habits of ordering your paper from McKesson, just like you've always done, that's where Grapevine becomes very helpful. We show a pop-up, it shows up in your face, right? And it says, hey, this same exact item, actually coming from the same manufacturer, even though it's hard to tell because distributors don't love transparency, the same exact item is available, free shipping, all the same terms, next day delivery from Staples. Would you like to replace it in your cart? And you say, sure, I would. Certain items, the McKesson brand items, you may not replace in your cart. You might keep buying some of the more technical stuff from the suppliers you always know and trust. But where there's opportunities to switch and save, we present those opportunities and make it seamless to place orders to 10 different vendors in a single card and a single screen. We also do a lot of leveraging of the GPOs, right? So a lot of times someone comes to us and they're buying from McKesson or Medline and they don't have GPO activated prices, right? So we compare your prices with Medline to the other shoppers on Grapevine, the other businesses that use Grapevine. And if you're paying two or three times what you should be, we say, hey, here's a way for you to get way lower prices, stick with your distributor, stick with Medline, stick with the same exact product, but you can get 60% off by registering with this GPO. And by the way, it's free because that's what Grapevine has negotiated with the GPOs. It's free to become an active member of these GPOs and your price will just drop. And by basically inserting GPOs where they're not yet activated with your distributors and giving you a broad variety of options that you may not know really exist on the supplies you already order, you're able to both let your suppliers compete for your attention, get lower prices, but you're also able to prevent back orders, right? When something's out of stock in Medline's warehouse, it doesn't necessarily mean it's out of stock in McKesson's or Henry Shine's. And it might be the exact same item from the exact same manufacturer, for example, BD or Beck and Dickinson. So that's where Grapevine is especially helpful. Back order defense and getting lower and lower prices by activating your GPOs and giving you increased transparency or optionality of vendors. If you're just tuning in, this is Harlow on Healthcare, coming to you on Healthcare Now Radio. I'm David Harlow, and my guest today is Luca Yankopoulos, CEO of Grapevine. So we started off by talking about the genesis of the company in the crucible of the pandemic, and I guess I'm wondering... Are you thinking about the next crisis? Where do you see the next crisis coming from? None of us can predict the future, right? But you need to be thinking about this. Where are the next likely challenges as you look at the landscape? 
Yeah. I'm not a, an expert of, as you put it, epidemiology. I uh, don't know what the threats we might face are, but I do know about the problems that existed in the supply chain before the pandemic and the problems that were very much so exposed by the traumatic events that, that might have happened to, to different providers and patients throughout the pandemic. I think it's our obligation, both as people, but also as entrepreneurs, to try to learn from those problems and try to build systems that are more resilient in case those problems are to occur. It's I can tell you that with Grapevine in place at a healthcare business, they're a lot better off if a pandemic were to hit today than they would have been five years ago and before our birth. The things that we try to focus on are a diverse portfolio is a resistant portfolio. We apply that logic to your supply chain, right? Don't be solely dependent on any one link because a chain is as weak as its weakest link. And I think that's a huge lesson that we've learned. As far as the impending threats, it's hard to say. There could be war that messes with the flow of goods from other countries into our own. There could be another pandemic that surges demand in a way that we've never seen on new product categories. There could be things that I can't even imagine that could affect us. And all we can do is learn from the lessons of our past and try to avoid making the same mistake twice. And I think that's something that we take to heart and it's something we try to practice here at Grapevine. So like last year, there were a lot of increased shipping costs. There was a tremendous pressure on shipping from the Far East. This year, there is pressure on the Suez Canal, local unrest and uh, people saying, heck, I'll just go around the Horn of Africa. I'm not going up there, adding weeks to delivery times. Have you seen that impacting the healthcare supply chain to date, or has that not hit yet, or do you think it won't hit, or are there other things that you think are more more relevant to be worrying about? Yeah, I think that there's been there some of those things have hit right in, in slowdowns of supplies coming into the country. Some of those things have hit where prices locally skyrocket due to increased shipping costs. We see those sorts of problems on a regular basis from the causes that you mentioned and from causes that I don't even know the root of. And when a healthcare business is dependent exclusively on a single source, right, and that source is subject to the disruption events that, that you mentioned, David, that's where the healthcare business suffers. That's where the healthcare business sees the multi-week delays on a product that they exclusively depend on. Fortunately, I think you can avoid some of those problems if you have different access points, right? If you have three different manufacturers, some may be in South America, some might be domestic here in the United States, some might be overseas in Asia. And when you have different places to turn when something goes wrong, when you're not just a, a chain that's as weak as its weakest link, but you're a network of people that can be interchanged when one link fails, that's where you can become resilient. And when these sort of disruption events occur, you can actually be barely at all impacted by the event itself. And I think it's an important thing to do. I think it's important to be stronger than your weakest link. Sure. And I think some people at least are starting to recognize that. And of course, that's just good business and always had been, has been to, to have multiple sources for, for different supplies that you need in your business. As we ease out of the 
extreme circumstance of the pandemic? Does everybody forget those lessons? Or do you think there's some staying power to those lessons? Do you think it is still hard to get someone off the mark to consider trying out a solution such as yours if they've spent their whole career just ordering stuff for one of the big legacy operators? I think that people tend to resist change. I certainly do myself. Even as an entrepreneur, I'm supposed to be super open to change and super willing to take unique new approaches to things. I could tell you firsthand, that's not always true. I've got my habits and I can't stand change in in certain aspects of my life. And I understand even more so that when you're a healthcare business and when you're serving patients and there are lives on the line, the mentality of if it ain't broke, don't fix it, that mentality is easy to fall into. Most people, I think, realize that change needs to happen with the experiences they've had in the pandemic. And they, those lessons, as you put it, they are to stay and they are deeply carved into the minds of, of the people that were affected and people are open to change. I think with any new solution and with any change, it's important and it's the responsibility of me in the, the situation of, of Grapevine, but it's the responsibility of anyone who's trying to inflict change to, to make change easy. Right. So that's part of why we don't say, hey, screw your distributor, go directly to the source on a marketplace of thousands of suppliers. We don't say that. We say you've got a real relationship with your distributor and they add real value to you. Keep working with them on Grapevine. And that other distributor that you haven't really had time to check out their catalog, but you did register an account and you sampled some of their products and they look good. Also start working with them in an easier fashion without dancing between portals and opening you up to the, the possibilities that you've always, always been interested in, even before the pandemic, but really haven't had the time to take on or the bandwidth to take on. I think that's important. If you want to create change for someone, you have to make it easy. You have to make it seamless. And you have to make it, you know, initially very similar to what they've always been doing. And from there, baby steps. From there, you can cause like micro changes that can amount to millions of dollars of savings and, you know, millions of hours of avoided time waste when something goes on backward, you don't need to search and search for a new supplier at that point register. So I think people are open to change. Okay. And how do you stay ahead of the curve? We talked a little bit about, you know, not necessarily having a crystal ball, but how how are you preparing for the future? Do you have thoughts that you can share about sort of future plans, next steps? different kinds of offerings you might want to make? Are you profitable? Do you have plans for growth? Some of this you may not want to talk about on the air, some you may, and just to give you an open floor here to talk about your future views of the marketplace and your future views of your company. Yeah, I, I think that the most important thing to stay relevant is to listen to your customers. Whatever the biggest pain point that a healthcare practice admin, procurement officer at a hospital, that these people, or even sometimes the the business owner themselves or the doctor, whatever pain points they're having related to their supplies, that is at the forefront of our mind. That is our North Star. We want to stay right there with the customer, solving the problems that matter most to them. And we've been fortunate to acquire some funding from venture capital partners who's Visions are aligned with ours, that we do well as a business. We make profits by doing good in the world, by providing real value to real people. 
So with that, I, I can definitely share some of the some of the insights, some of the, the sort of compass pointing that our customers have led us to and what's you know in development over the next six months or year if you're interested. Sure, that'd be interesting. Thank you. Sure. So for one, people don't want to go online to a website, to a portal, to order. I mean, they certainly don't want to send faxes to place orders for supplies. And they also... Well, I thought everybody wanted to send faxes. <laughs> I, I did not. Yeah, I'll skip the faxes thing. But I literally had never seen a fax before I entered this business. I'm 25 years old. I've never used one. I don't know what they are. And I had to get acquainted with them fast to, to serve a lot of our customers. <laughs> <laughs> people don't want to use a fax. They don't want to send emails to place orders. They don't want to call a sales rep to place the orders when they're performing a surgery on a patient, right? They don't even want to spend five minutes, 10 minutes a day going online to a McKesson portal, Medline portal and placing orders. So today we offer this sort of like single porter, single screen where you can shop all of your vendors. Tomorrow, what we plan to offer is everything you need in the palm of your hand and never placing an order again. The way I see it is... All you should have to do is, is snap a quick picture from your cell phone of the item when you're taking the last box of gloves off the shelf or the last scalpel out of the drawer. Snap a picture of it, and that's it on your phone. And suddenly your usual stock quantity appears in your office, in your stock room, in your warehouse, whatever it may be. That's the future that I want. I don't want people to have to go online and order and I want them to either be able to snap a picture or hit two clicks from the palm of their hand, and that's the end of it. And the financials, the accounts payable, the logistics, everything is packed into a few small punches in that nature. I think that people also, from what we've talked to, talked about with our customers, a lot of healthcare businesses want keener insights into what they have in stock in their warehouse or in their storage room when it's expiring because up to 30% of the supplies that people order and put on their storage room shelf actually end up expiring and then just get thrown out, right? So getting real-time insights into that, getting notifications, whether it's to your email or your phone, that there is a specific device that's close to expire in the next 30 days or 60 days in the storage room and you guys should make sure to use it and maybe you don't even know it's there. Having real-time tracking by just taking pictures on your phone without having to log things into Excel sheets or get a weird barcode scanner like the grocery store ones from a Henry Shiner McKesson that they offer. Being able to do things with the familiar systems that being able to avoid the waste of expiring goods and being able to avoid the, the pain of ordering and managing vendors and going online to a computer when your job is on the move and in front of patients. Great. That's a, a compelling vision. And to, to dig deeper into sort of a vision of the future, I want to ask you as we wrap up, if you were to wake up tomorrow and find yourself five years in the future, say, what's one thing in healthcare that you would hope or maybe even expect to find has changed drastically? I, I hope that in the next five years, the national spend on medical supplies and drugs is cut in half. And I think that's a realistic possibility. Right now, it's somewhere around $600 billion on drugs and medical surgical supplies, I think that we or our competitors will get it down to 300, even with inflation, even with growth of the economy, even with increasing needs, healthcare and patient needs. I think that the spend will be cut down and should be cut down. Well, great. Thank you. 
It's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thanks, David. I appreciate it a lot. You have been listening to Harlow on Healthcare. Join us at healthcarenowradio.com. Let's continue the conversation on building the future of healthcare together at hashtag Harlow NHC. I'm David Harlow, keeping the fire going and holding a seat open for you. Until next time. Mm-hmm.